Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for the Ask the Expert North Texas podcast. It's Tuesday, April 19th. I'm Kristen Diaz. I'm David Rankin. Thank you so much for joining us. We're talking about the end of school, and for a lot of people, that also means the end of a lot of school teachers in various districts around the state. We are joined by Rena Honey. She's the president of Alliance AFT, and she is in the KRLD Zoom room. Rena, let's start with um, the end of school year. Typically, what does the end of school year mean as far as the number of teachers that will say, we're done or we want to move somewhere else? Well, there's always at the end of every year, those that are retiring that have been longtime educators. So we know that those will be coming. There are also resignations that happen because of maybe a family being moved for a spouse's job or illness in the family, those things happen as always. But I think what we're experiencing this year and what we saw last year, people are just to the point they cannot do the love that they've done in their work for so long because there are so many demands and not really enough pay to meet the demands that are being put upon them. There have been tons of challenges for our teachers these past two years. And and now moving into the third, we're seeing, as you just mentioned, uh, a lot of vacancy. So what right now can ISDs, especially here in North Texas, do to make those vacancies attractive and to fulfill those positions or keep people from making that decision to leave if they're already there? Well, there are a couple things I think that um, districts could look at. One would be um, the salary that is offered. Many of our districts are offering stipends or bonuses for coming on. Those are usually one-time things and they really cannot be counted for their retirement pay, which is what teachers, especially those closer to the end of their career, uh, are looking for. So it needs to be uh, a bonus, but it also needs to be um, an increase in the actual salaries to really entice people to stay another year or another two years or five years. Another thing I think that it's very critical for districts to look at is the workload 
that they have put on the educators and the support staff that are in our campuses. They have just increased tremendously. Uh, knowing that a pandemic is going on, that health issues are very um, present in the classrooms and the campuses. And so the workload has to be another area that districts look at. And then we as a voting a state, we need to impress upon our legislators that the funding formula being used in Texas right now is not adequate to um, to take care of the educational needs of all the students that are in our public schools today. With the last couple of years dealing with the pandemic and there had been so much remote learning and teachers had to deal with both in-person classes and then teaching remotely as well. Now that things are a little calmer, more students are in school, has that helped teachers decide, okay, it's calmed down and maybe I can stay? Well, I think it's helped to some degree, but not to the degree that we need it to, because now we're facing uh, additional uh, problems with uh, trying to catch the kids up for the learning loss that has taken place and each district has to, ter has to determine that. But also um, we are seeing and hearing of a lot more behavioral issues, uh, not only physically acting out, but mental health issues that the students are bringing into the campuses. They've been out of the classroom for a year, almost two years. So they've lost what uh, the understanding of structure is and how important it is. So teachers are having to not only try to get um, content instruction to the students to help them as far as their actual learning, but they need to be able to pass the state mandated test and the district test that many districts have imposed on our students, which is a huge over testing amount. Uh, but they're also having to play good cop, bad cop to the discipline problems that have been brought in. It is a, just a huge conglomeration of several things that educators are having to work on that have not been present before the pandemic came. The Texas Tribune uh, supporting what you just mentioned that the uh, reporting that the low average salary has remained stagnant for nearly a decade um, and it's caused some some te teachers to completely leave and speaking of being out of the classroom there are some teachers who left during the pandemic but they're being kept out of the classroom and prevented from returning because they've lost their certification. Can you speak on uh, the difficulties and that that's also creating for rehiring? It does make it very difficult, but um, our educators, many were to the point, they did not feel like they had support from the administration or from the campus leadership that they worked at. And when they looked and uh, saw that they were making um, a lot less than they were 10 years ago, we're looking at 10 to 15% in some cases, their take-home pay was that much less uh, with calculating inflation in. But for example, in Dallas alone, inflation is almost at 9%. And that just, we have teachers that live in the neighborhoods where they teach. They cannot afford a small one or two bedroom home 
to be able to purchase to live in the district or in the area where they teach because the finances are not there. Uh, they have been required to do more and more. More of our educators are paying out of their pockets for supplies because the state funding has not done that. And even our support staff have contributed supplies and things so that students, their needs are being met to the best of our abilities. But it makes it extremely difficult when we have a shortage of teachers anyway, and we don't see that many uh, new ones going into the field of education to come into our campuses. Um, it makes it extremely difficult if the uh, state suspends their license for one or two years or completely revokes them. So that is that many fewer candidates to be in our classrooms that are that are have experience that are good teachers but because the um the stress the health issues the low pay all of that was just too much and they were at the point it doesn't matter i'm not going to teach anymore i'm so disrespected the laws are not supportive and um they just could not do it anymore. And many of them had family that really encouraged them do something else. Is this the same situation in other states or is Texas kind of leading the way with, with these kinds of issues? I think you'll find it all over the country. It is not, um, not only in Texas, um, but there are many, many states across the country that have a teacher shortage issue and we can see some of the legislative laws and uh, requirements that have come down that are just driving people away. The lack of respect, the uh, Texas legislature um, began a program for kindergarten through third grade teachers that's a 60 hour course or a reading academy. And if they've not completed that by 2023, they're not gonna be able to teach without that. Well, that was an unfunded mandate. And where in the class time does a teacher have an additional time to go to school and do the homework, do the uh, all of the projects that are required from that, as well as prepare for their students, get be prepared uh, with materials, with the teaching, with the planning. It has just become, um, an intolerable situation. And I think legislatures think that they're doing a good thing, but they're listening to people that are not educators. Why is it that, because it seems like this has been an ongoing issue, even before the pandemic, it seems like the pandemic just exasperated all of these issues. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that these problems are falling on deaf ears, so to speak? Well, I think we have two issues going on here. First, in my opinion, Texas is funding a dual educational system. The number of charter schools that have been allowed to be created in our state and funded by the state uh, creates unequitable funding. So that's number one. And number two, I think the issue is the lack of respect for the work that our educators do, the way they're treated, the uh, demands that have been placed on them um, have just 
become to the point people are saying, I'm not doing it anymore. I cannot do it anymore. I don't get the support I need. Parents are not in, as involved as they need to be. And the voters are not paying attention to what's going on in our schools. They're all taxpayers, but we're seeing in the taxing uh, that many of the people that, uh, especially the corporate uh, companies, they're not paying their fair share of taxes at all. And if they did, the funding problem would go away to some degree. But those are two of the bigger issues, I think, that have contributed to where we are right now. One thing that gets kind of lost in the shuffle is the fact that all of the money that Texans spend on the state lottery, a quarter of that is supposed to go to the school funds. And last year, just looked it up, uh, last year, that school fund raised more than $8 billion from lottery players. Where's that money going? Well, it is supposed to go into the, um, the Texas fund, uh, the general fund, but when they allocate that money to other places to meet needs for uh, what they feel is important, uh, educators don't have a lot of control over that. So, um, and many, because they may not have children in school, their children are older and grown, uh, in my opinion, I would encourage them to really take a look at where those funds are being spent and pay attention at who's voting for those things, because that's where our problem lies. Have there been any... Oh, during this pandemic, we've seen a lot of emergency mandates, you know, for different yes. industries. Has there been anything specific for um, educators in particular? And if there hasn't, what do you think would be a, a possible solution? Well, there have been some mandates. Uh, also, the federal government has uh, been generous in sending money to help meet these needs but usually that's filtered through the state. I know the first time in uh, what's called ESSER funds, uh, the emergency relief uh, bill, they sent money to the, uh, to the state, but our governor used most of that money for state needs rather than putting it into the educational system. Then there were uh, conditions on uh, actually being able to receive the money uh, there have been three different, if you'll uh, allow me, buckets of money that have been used since the pandemic hit. And the districts have, uh, once the governor releases those funds and districts have the funds, they have to present a plan, how it's going to be used, their guidelines on what it can and cannot be used for. And so uh, many of the districts really don't have the funds that they need to be able to do what they need to do. Once all of the um, constraints are met, um, it's difficult to say our biggest need is this because the needs are great. Back to recruiting for just a second. We saw Fort Worth ISD set up a huge recruiting campaign out of state to try and lure teachers to come into Fort Worth. Do those campaigns work? Sometimes they do. Um, what, I, what I think you will find is that many of those candidates will try to get information, usually through social media, about this is what they're offering. Have they been true to their statements? What's it like in the district? They'll get information 
to find out if it's truly working for the people that are already there. Um, but unless it has to do with the actual salary that can be used for uh, uh, retirement purposes um, and the working conditions, um, many times people will come, but keeping them under the, the actual conditions once they get there, if they don't live up to what the district said, they will leave. Alrighty, Brina Honey with Alliance American Federation of Teachers. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to visit with you today. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 